welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a foreign dreamer who started from being a flight attendant and worked her way up into now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and seasoned entrepreneur in multiple successful ventures. This podcast is for the awakened dreamer. Industry icons will share their humble beginnings up to the leaders they are today. Let's all learn and be inspired. Together, we can all prosper. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. It's the podcast for the dreamers, and more importantly, the doers. I'm your host, Melody. Do you consider yourself an introvert, a quiet one in the room who wished to grow into this remarkable leader? Well, our guest today is known as the introvert leader. He is an author, a speaker, mentor, and a leadership coach. He has performed several leadership positions in various Fortune 500 companies. His goal is to help introverts tap into their inner leadership potential and to educate extroverts on how to effectively deal well with introverts. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome the author of Quiet Voice, Fearless Leader, Terrence Lee. Hey, Terrence, how are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. All right, let's begin. As an introvert leader, how did that come about? How did that happen that you landed in that role? Yeah, yeah, so good question. So I I probably need to start at the beginning, you know. So for me, uh, I was a kid that grew up very talkative and very loud. You know, I was the kid that was always the first one to raise my hand in class and want to answer the teacher's questions. And uh, we grew up moving around a lot. Uh, We lived in uh, Dallas when I was young. Then we moved to Northern California, then Southern California, then upstate New York, and finally back to Dallas. And so through all of that moving, uh, I had to make new friends a lot. And so I was typically uh, pretty social uh, up until uh, the age of 13 when I was in the seventh grade. And an incident happened with a choir director that really impacted my confidence. Uh, she said something to me one day that was just really hurtful. And I didn't realize at the time, but it really uh, damaged me in a lot of ways. And so I started to become a lot quieter, a lot more shy. I didn't want to speak up in school or, you know, never wanted to be in front of the class or anything like that. And that really uh, went into, you know, high school and then college and uh, early in my professional career as an engineer as well. Uh, I would be in meetings and I wouldn't want to speak up. I'd have a great idea, but I just wouldn't say it or wouldn't say anything because I was just concerned or I had fear about what people would think. Right. And eventually what happened is there was a mentor of mine that put in his two week notice and there was a big presentation he was supposed to be doing. Uh, for some pilots and a few of our customers. And he put in his notice and he basically informed me that I was going to be the one to have to do, do the presentation. And I was freaked out and I was terrified. <laughs> and I said, I do not want to do this. Can you please pick somebody else? Because I just, you know, I had a huge fear of public speaking. I just didn't have the confidence at that time I felt like to do it. And it actually turns out I did the presentation and it went very well. And I got a lot of uh, praise from the team, a lot of kudos. And so fast forward, uh, that was in 2006. And since then, I've taken on you know various leadership roles as an engineering lead. 
I'm now a program manager uh, at a Fortune 500 defense contractor for a team of over 50 engineers and finance leads. The reason that, you know, I have my platform, The Introvert Leader, and how all this came about is because I know there are other people out there that are like me that feel like because their personality is more introverted, they can't be a leader or maybe they can't be successful or maybe they shouldn't speak up because they're worried about what people might say. And so my entire thing and what I do is just about empowering people that feel that way and also educating extroverts on how to better understand uh, introverts. Nice. So that brings us to uh, your book. It's called The Quiet Voice, Fearless Leader. 10 Principles for Introverts to Awaken the Leader Inside. So you talked about your choir director, kind of putting you on the spot. So that was truly an inflection point uh, in your life, right? So basically two. So that one and the, the moment where you were asked to fill in for this mentor that basically left and you have to do this crazy technical presentation, right, in front of, like, a lot of people. Uh, so basically, those are two pathways that happened in your life that made you into the introvert leader that you are now. So that's, that's a beautiful uh, niche uh, as well. So apparently, there's, like, 25 to 40%. I don't know if you have, like, a, a recent statistics on uh, the number of personalities out there that are considered introverts. Is that still, you think, accurate? Yeah, yeah. So in all the research, you know, that I've done and, uh, you know, what I've seen, it, it really falls in that range, you know, somewhere 25 to 40 percent. It's really hard to narrow down a specific number because there's so many people that are a mixture of extrovert and introvert. So a lot of people may not identify as, oh, I'm 100 percent an introvert. There are some people that are very extroverted in certain situations and other situations, they're more introverted, you know, so people that are a mix, uh, you know, they're typically called like uh, an ambivert, you know, that's someone that may be like half and half. It's the definition of someone that is literally a mix of introversion and extroversion. Yeah, and apparently the propensity of people to really be uh, an introvert versus an extrovert is not as much compared to the to that uh, middle of the road where it's a mixture. And, and I could see that. I could see that with, with a lot of people, you know, you can't really be so extreme to the degree. So there's a lot that fall in that category. Um, and I'm pretty sure you've heard of uh, Myers-Briggs, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so introvert is also one of the four, I believe, personality that uh, really distinguish there. Therefore, knowing if you are an introvert an extrovert or whatever category, knowing your strengths and weakness is always key, right? In in flourishing and in, uh, in what we do. So let's let's dig in a little bit more uh, with your amazing book. If let's say you know with our audience out there, and I'm pretty sure one or two would fall in that uh, category. And you talked about ten principles. What would you think would be the first step, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? It's one, one bite at a time. <laughs> so what would be the first bite you think that would be impactful uh, for one to have that small, small wins that, that they need to progress towards awakening that leader within? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So in chapter one, uh, you know, in every chapter is a different leadership principle. So the first chapter is called value. And the whole focus of the chapter is how do you add value to a room? Right. So one of my issues for a long time was I thought that I had to be the loudest voice in the room to add value. I thought I had to be extroverted in order to be seen or in order in order to be heard. Well, the reality is you can add value and you can still maintain being an introvert. But at the same time, it does require at times of stepping out of our comfort zone. And so in that first chapter, we talk about, well, how do I add value in a room? And I give the scenario of being in a meeting with people, right? And you have this idea pop in your head, but you're nervous. You don't want to say it. You think everyone's going to say no, no one's going to like it, right? And so how do you fight through that? And so we talk about the steps. And one of the more important things is our self-talk. So a lot of times, one of the things that is, I mean, we're so hard on ourselves. I know that I used to be in the past where it wasn't anything anyone else was saying. It's what I was telling myself. And so we talk in chapter one and in, in some later chapters as well about the importance of what we say to ourselves. So when those voices creep in, when the voices say, hey, people aren't going to like this idea, we combat that with, you know what, I have an amazing idea to share. I need to get this out today. You know, this idea might change the entire way that our group does business. You know, this idea might be the next big thing. Like we need to combat those negative thoughts with the positive. And so we talk about that, the self-talk. Uh, and then the second thing, you know, that's another big one is just overall confidence. You know, how do you build that confidence to speak up and to be heard? And a lot of that is uh, truthfully practice and repetition. You know, the more that we get comfortable speaking up in public, the more that we get comfortable talking in front of rooms. Uh, you know, I talk in the book about how you can practice by yourself. You know, like I do that sometimes where if I have a big talk or presentation coming up, I'll practice that to myself at home, you know, before I get there. So, yeah, there's a lot of different uh, tips in that area. I would imagine in front of a big mirror, right, Terrence? <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I agree with you, you know, with regards to self-talk. And, and I think being your number one cheerleader and acknowledging and recognizing those thoughts that, that really try to fight for what you would then you would unleash, right, between uh, the two voices or the several voices <laughs> that, that's in your head. So so conquering, conquering that self-talk, I agree, would be, uh, would be number one. And uh, on, on the value, I like also what you said about now you'd rather speak and be considered a fool and not say anything and not add value to the room. Right. So so I think that also says a lot about you uh, as a person, because adding value is something that you as a person want to do because you want to help. Now, in terms of um, there's also a chapter and you touched on uh, courage. Right. Something about the difference for me. This is more a question on courage versus confidence. There's a specific chapter for courage. Right. And then one for confidence. So how do you um, how do you differentiate that and how do you marry those? Yeah. Yeah. So in the book, the chapter on courage is really around decision making. And the chapter on confidence is more about speaking up and public speaking. So the reason that I titled the chapter 
courage related to decision-making is because when you're a leader, making decisions can be hard. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a lot easier to kind of sit in the room or be a part of a group and not be the one that has to make the tough decision, right? But when you're the leader, you don't get to do that. Like a lot of times you're the one that has to make that tough decision. And sometimes making that decision, everyone's not going to be happy with it. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. And sometimes you're going to have to learn how to do better next time. And so it really takes courage to step up and say, hey, this is what I believe is best for the team. And then how do you listen to your team? How do you take that feedback and make the right decision based on the data that you have and the information you know? So that takes a lot of courage to do that. And then confidence is more just from the public speaking standpoint, right? Because I know for me, that chapter was special to me because I really struggled with that for a long time. I mean, speaking in front of groups, whenever it was my turn, you know, to whenever I would get called on in the meeting or it was my turn to speak or something, my heart would start beating fast and I just wouldn't want to say anything. And this all stemmed back to that incident from when I was, you know, 13 years old. So the ability to build in that confidence, the ability to tell yourself that you're worthy, that your words need to be heard, that, you know, what you have to say matters. You know, that chapter is really special to me as far as confidence, because I believe people can truly build in their confidence and uh, and do well. That's true. Um, I think in order to be an effective leader, you know, having that courage and that confidence are uh, essential, essential uh, ingredients. And I think it's more of also, you know, having both in terms of um how to get courage, right? First, A, you have to have confidence. Because <laughs> I think without uh, without confidence, it's hard to, to take that uh, that leap into anything or, or to take that first step. It's believing in yourself, having that confidence, and then pursuing whatever it is that you would want to pursue, right? And I think it was um, it was a Napoleon Bonaparte who, as we know, is uh, a celebrated political and military leader, right, of all times in world history, right? And he said something about courage is not the strength to in doing something. It's actually doing something regardless of not having the strength, right? So so it's all, all that uh, mental mental chatter and yeah. What, yeah. what do you conquer, right? <laughs> and yeah. I guess piggybacking on that, you know, they say that Courage is not the absence of fear, right? But it's the mastery and the resistance uh, to fear. So, so yeah. good points. As a coach, you um, can you define uh, to our audience uh, the difference between or what makes one really an introvert? Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I love this question because I think this is really misunderstood among a lot of people. So. A lot of people hear the word introvert and they assume quiet, they assume shy or maybe weak or these different words when they when they hear it. When in reality, introversion and extroversion are more about energy and stimulus. So meaning where someone is an extrovert, when they're around groups of people, when they're around, you know, crowds, they draw energy from that. And when they're away from crowds or away from people, that typically takes away their energy, right? And they want to be around people to get that stimulus, where with an introvert, it's typically the opposite. 
it's not that an introvert never wants to be around people, but if introverts are around large crowds for a long period of time or people they don't know for a long period of time and things like that, then typically we'll want to have some alone time to ourselves. We'll want some time to be with our thoughts and, and do that. And so it actually begins to suck our energy the more that we're around the large crowds and the large groups of people. So it's really more about where do you get your energy from? So like for uh, introverts, we tend to recharge and do well. Uh, for me, for example, I love reading books, you know, or I love going for a run outside. Um, that's how I recharge where for an extrovert, it's not that they won't do those things, right? It's just typically they would recharge from being around people and being around groups. So, you know, that's really more the definition. I agree. So there's a lot of people who uh, who think that shyness shyness is uh, equivalent to being an introvert, but 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 you're right. It's uh it's where you draw your energy. So they say if you have or you gain energy from you know that type of social settings would be a sign of an introvert. Uh, in addition, the solitude. You know, you prefer mo- mostly being kind of by yourself. And having more of a, um, a small group of, of friends, right? Among other, among other symptoms, <laughs> among other signs of being an, an introvert. And shyness, as they say, is the fear of kind of social setting type of a, of a thing, right? So, um, so as a coach, what would be your tips for introverts who want to unleash their power and be a leader? Yeah, yeah. So it starts with, this is the most important thing for me. It starts with embracing that you're an introvert and loving that you're an introvert. And that might sound simple and that might sound, you know, kind of cliche, but it's very important because for a long time, I thought I had to be something else. I thought I had to be someone else. I thought that I had to get rid of this introvert thing and I had to become more of an extrovert or be something different in order to get where I had to go. So the very first step is to realize who you are. You know, I always encourage people. And when I, you know, talk and work with people to uh, take a Myers-Briggs and, you know, try to learn more about specifically who they are and dig into the details of who they are. So do a personality assessment, find out more about your true personality. And then also, you know, there are certain questions I ask to really dig into the details and get deep about, you know, who are you, right? And once you realize who you are, really embracing that. So that's kind of step one. And then step two, we start to get into, now, what are some of the areas of fear? What are some of the hurdles? I love something you said earlier, where you were talking about, it's not that the fear goes away. It's not that we don't have fear. It's just, how do we face that fear? How do we overcome it? And I 100% believe in that because, you know, again, I point to myself, like I do speaking, I do talks and things like that. I had a speaking engagement last week and there are still times that I get nervous before my talks. It just happens, you know, but the thing about it that's different with me now is whenever I feel fear, I don't run from it. Right. You see the fear, you see the hurdle and you just choose to engage and you choose to push back and get over that fear. So that's the second big tip is just, you know, it's not that you're not going to have fear, recognize what your fears are, what are your triggers, what are the things that, you know, make you feel like you can't get something done. Let's acknowledge those and then let's learn how to defeat them. And so those are two of the big tips uh, when it comes to that. And for the extroverts, 
I think I would consider myself <laughs> as one, uh, very much so. Uh, as a matter of fact, growing up, literally from from uh, from elementary, high school to college, and in college, we have this place where we usually go to. It's called the French Cap, right? And there's several several uh, tables there. So first three tables, I could literally vividly still see. Uh, the people in that group that would normally gravitate towards those tables, right? And it's and it's the loudest. <laughs> it's the loudest in the room. On the other wing of the French cap, you see the uh, you know three or four more tables, and they're the quiet ones. So, what would you say to our audience out there who are extroverts, and how would they work well and effectively with introverts? Yes. Great question. Great question. So a few things I would say. One is to listen, because sometimes what happens in conversations and, you know, you notice this, right? Like if there's a group of people, let's say there's 10 people at a dinner, right? And eight, seven or eight of those people are talking a lot. They're talking back and forth. There's, you know, these different things going on, right? And there's these two people at the table or three people that aren't really saying much, right? And they're just kind of sitting there. Well, you know, one thing to do would be to, you know, ask, hey, so what do you think about this? Right. To engage them in the conversation, because sometimes what happens with us as introverts is we're just thinking. And some people might label that as being antisocial or is that person shy or they uncomfortable? We might be perfectly comfortable. It's just we may need time to think or process what we're thinking. So I would say for extroverts, when you notice someone like that, engage with them, right? And then truly listen to what they have to say. Because the other thing is, because we tend to think really deeply, it may take us a minute to fully process what we want to say and be comfortable and get that out to you, right? So that's the first thing I would say is to listen. And then the other one that I would say is to allow introverts to have alone time. So I think in corporate America and in other situations, there's a big push for group work right? We have to work in a group. We have to always, you know, co-mingle or a lot of companies more so before the pandemic, but we're going to these uh, group work areas, right? And this just emphasis on group work and always being together around people. Well, for introverts, that doesn't always work. Sometimes an introvert wants to be able to break away from the group, to have time to think to themselves, to you know, process their thoughts, like I said before, right? So I'd say for extroverts, if you're working with an introvert, allow them to have that alone time at times, and you'll be amazed when they come back and they're recharged, the ideas and what they're gonna say and what they're gonna contribute. Because when we have that time to recharge alone, we come back and we're typically a lot more productive. So those are just a few things I would say. I think also, so you're right. So first is uh, listen, and I think this is where your book uh, would be um, helpful because personally also, sometimes I would initially and wrongfully think that the person is um, maybe A, uh, stuck up or a little bit aloof or, you know, or, or what have you, and therefore, Therefore, that stops you from getting maybe to know the person better or to ask those questions like Absolutely. think about this, so on and so forth. But having that awareness that being shy or being quiet or not being interactive to the degree doesn't necessarily mean disinterested, right? Disinterested, right. aloof um, to the degree, right? Exactly. 
Yeah. And that's also, I think, for the introverts uh, to be mindful that extroverts could think that way. Therefore, yes. kind of be mindful to maybe be the first one to say hi, hello, smile, right? Wave uh, uh, or something to break the ice, as they would say, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and I, will, I will say that is a lesson that I've had to learn because you know, years ago, one thing that, you know, people that didn't know me, like when they would see me uh, and we would eventually like become, you know, cool and start talking. People would say, you know, when I first saw you, I thought you were mean. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, but you're so cool. You're so laid back. You're so I'm like, yeah, I'm always that, you know, but but I could see why they would think that. Because when someone sees me for the first time, if I don't know them, my personality is not the super bubbly, like, hey, let me get to know everybody in the room. That's typically not me. So you do make a good point. It's like I do now try to at least go out of my way when I'm meeting a new person or I'm in a new situation. Hey, I'm Terrence. Hey, how are you? Like, you know, just kind of a small talk, those kind of conversations, because I do agree. Like sometimes it can come off as stuck up it can come off of certain things. But the reality is, um, you know, we're typically just thinking. It's not that most of us are still. Right. We're usually just in our own world, usually. Right. Uh, so going back to uh, to your story on that uh, choir director, have you given, I'm just curious, have you given a copy <laughs> to, to that person and say, you know what, thank you very much <laughs> for that moment. Because now we have a book <laughs> to help people that, kind of went through maybe the same thing and now are this way. It really bothered me for a long time. I didn't know how much it impacted me, honestly, until maybe just a few years ago. And I was really thinking about it. I was like, when did my personality change? Like, when did I lose that confidence? When did I, you know, stop wanting to speak up? And I traced it all back to that day. And so, yeah, I don't know where she is or anything, but uh, I do hope that that story, and the reason I put the story in the book was to inspire people because I know there are other people out there that have had some pivotal moment or something happen that might've broke them or it might've really changed their trajectory. And so my hope with that was just to inspire people that uh, they can get through it. And also I think another lesson is it might initially, it might initially be like, you know, hey, that's foul. That's that's a negative or what have you. But if you really look at the, the the scheme of things now, hey, number one, A, you have a book. B, you have a niche. C, you know, there's so much that you had to learn uh, for yourself. So, so as they say, everything, everything in life is is a teacher. It's a teacher for you as long as you're willing to to accept the learnings from from each of those, right? So, so that part teacher was one of your one of your greater teacher, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was, lessons that made you evolve into the human being that you are today, right, Terrence? Absolutely, I totally agree. Yep. All right. So I, I have a. I'm curious. Uh, so studying the introverts and them and helping them become great leaders for those that are natural introverts and natural extroverts. Do you think that the um, the likelihood, the likelihood of one to be easier or better, more effortless leader if you're one personality versus another. Okay. So you're asking like, is one personality type, is it easier to be a leader like effortlessly? To morph into that remarkable leader 
effortlessly because of that, that innate natural born instinct or skill or personality. Got you. Got you. Okay. You know, honestly, from the number of different leaders I've worked with and just the number of programs I've been on, you know, in my industry, and I've seen different personality types, extroverts, introverts, in between different leadership styles. And I would honestly say that I don't think that being an extrovert or being an introvert necessarily means you're going to be a better leader. I think that so much of leadership is learned. So much of it is lessons, uh, learning from failure. And I feel like extroverts can do that and introverts can do that. I think that a lot of people would assume that an extrovert would more naturally be a better leader because there may, there may appear to be more confidence in the area of speaking or getting up in front of people or they're more, you know, they may network more, right? Like there's certain characteristics of leadership that someone would associate with being an extrovert. And someone would assume that because an introvert doesn't naturally do those things, they may not naturally be able to be a leader. But, you know, I would flip that and say there are characteristics of introverts that help them to be a better leader as well. Things like listening, you know, things like the ability to observe situations when everyone else is talking in the meeting and having these conversations. The introvert is sitting back and they're observing everything that's going on. They're observing things people are missing. Right. And they're able to add value because when people are talking and missing those subtle nuances and things that are going on, the introvert picks up on those as a leader. And so I think that there are some natural innate things about being introverted that help in leadership and some things about being extroverted that help as well. You know, so I don't necessarily think one personality type is prone to be a better leader or not. I just think it's about learning the lessons and uh, whichever one you are, it's just about honing those skills. I think I like what you said about an introvert and an extrovert, either personality can be a great leader, right? Yep. So, so I think face value initially, that personality of being bubbly, cheerful, upbeat, that would get you in the room, I think, uh, first, right? But staying in the room <laughs> would be, I think, where the power really it. So it's that combination of different principles and different values and different uh, characteristics and skill sets. Uh, as you said, it's it's learned, right? So that's a good myth uh, to, to, to debunk that, you know, introverts cannot be great leaders or extroverts are natural born uh, leaders, right, Terrence? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And that's, and that's the other thing that I'll just say, you know, uh, one thing with me, you know, my platform, again, is the introvert leader, but it's not that I'm against extroverts, right? <laughs> like, most of my uh, best friends are actually extroverts, you know, so um, I just think that the introvert community for so long has been viewed as, you know, there's certain myths and certain things people assume. So my thing is really to just bring awareness to that. But no, I think extroverts can be great leaders, introverts can as well. So. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back to uh, to labeling. You know, a lot of people, uh, as a lazy tendency or an autopilot uh, tendency, to just think, you know what? Hey, uh, introvert? Nope. Extrovert? You know, that's just an easy. Yeah. That's just an easy way to just kind of check off or X off. <laughs> but that does not necessarily mean that you're getting um, the true worth or uh, true value of. Uh, of a human being, right? By just kind of having that one trait <laughs> known 
no to you. Uh, you also mentioned, and I like that, it's a part of the principle uh, uniqueness. Um, you, you touched on uniqueness a lot uh, in the book. Uh, tell us how that is going to help a, an introvert or for anyone who wants to be a leader. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the principle is, you know, focus on your unique skill. And this is so important because, you know, there's there's something that everyone is good at, you know, even if they don't think they are. And so what is the thing that you are a master at? What is the thing that you do well that other people don't? And focusing in that area, because I think what happens uh, sometimes we we think that we have to be the best at everything. You know, we look at other people that are in certain positions in life and we think we have to be like them or we think we have to be good at this long list of all these things in order to lead or be successful. The reality is if we can become a master at a few things, right, if we can focus on what am I really good at, what is my area of strength? What sets me apart from other people? When we focus in that area, we have power, right? Because now we're able to add a value that's missing in the marketplace, Like, you know, this is my unique skill, my unique area of expertise. Let me focus on that as opposed to trying to focus on all these other things that other people, you know, they're good at and that's their strengths. You know, let them focus on that. Uh, I'm going to focus in this area and become a master in this area. And that's how I'll add that unique value. So, yeah, that's what that's all about. And that's very important. I agree. So listening to what you're saying, step one is to have that assessment, you know, really have a um, an honest, an honest assessment of who you are, your strengths and your weakness, right? Because once you do, then you'll understand your your unique ability. And I agree with you that there is power there. As they say, uniqueness has its own magic, right? <laughs> so once you really know what makes you unique, then there is uh, truly power in there. And going back to what you're saying about confidence, they're saying that for a human being, what do you wear or what do you carry with you to be most most attractive or most appealing? It's a confidence, right? But but I think a step forward to that is uniqueness. So if you have a confidence and B, you know your uniqueness and you use your uniqueness to your your advantage, that for me is is, is stunning. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think there is also that saying about you are not born to blend. You're born to stand out. And how do you stand out? By knowing how different you are from the rest yep. of the crowd. Right, Terrence? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I spent... So much time, uh, you know, such a long period of my life trying to be extroverted or trying to be like my friends or trying to be like other people. And it wasn't until I got to a place where I said, you know, I'm going to accept who I am. Like, yeah, I am the laid back guy. I am the more introverted guy. But you know what? That's okay. And the interesting thing is since I've done that, life has been great. It's been amazing. You know, I have a book out. I have this platform. I get feedback from people that are in other introverts that are saying, oh my God, I'm so glad you're talking about this. Uh, you know, people that really relate. And so I think, you know, that's why it's so important to just focus on what makes you unique. And just like you said, not try to blend in or be anyone else, just really being yourself. Right. Uh, I mean, really come to think of it, if we just kind of be shallow a little bit. <laughs> but if you're fake, a number one people, people will 
people are not stupid. They yeah. will know that you're not being authentic. You're not being yeah. genuine. And that's a total turnoff, you know, being, being fake. And not only that, that's how you, um, that's how you project and people understand it. It resonates and they, they know that you're being fake. A, B, imagine how miserable a person could be. You know, that's, I think, one of the reasons why there's depression and misery is because you're not being true to yourself. So honesty is, uh, as they say, I think, uh, the founder of uh, uh, State Farm uh, once said, honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. And you really think about it, right? So for our audience out there, Terrence, who want to A, get your book, learn about your uh, coaching and the services that you render uh, to the public, how could they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm available on my website, uh, quietvoicefearlessleader.com. Uh, so people can get the book in paperback, ebook, or audio. Uh, I also have one-on-one -on -one coaching. So people are able to go on my website and book a discovery call. And I also do speaking as well. So, uh, you know, for bookings, I'm available through my website uh, there too. So yeah. And for social media, I'm also uh, at the introvert leader on Instagram and TikTok, uh, Twitter. So we'd love to connect with uh, everyone out there. Wow. So from an introvert, you're doing TikToks and, and all those dance moves. Or <laughs> That's awesome. So you have truly blossomed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't do some of the dance moves, but, you know, I do, I do some videos. <laughs> some entertaining ones. Uh, I think that's how you, if you want to be viral, you got to... <laughs> yeah. You gotta be a unique and be entertaining. Now, I just want to say thank you uh, for for your time and, and for the book, <laughs> and cool. wishing you continued success, Terrence. I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You got this. Till next time. <laughs>